Welcome to another episode of Catholic Confessions. I'm Edith, and today we're going to be talking about silent retreats. Sometime last year, I went on a silent retreat to Melbourne, and uh, before I went, I met up with a few different groups of friends, and I was telling them about it, and uh, I, I was a little surprised at the reactions that I got, and it, it happened with such frequency that I feel that, you know, maybe I should have a podcast about it. So these were the kind of reactions that I got. Wait, wait, wait. A silent retreat. You mean you don't talk at all? You know, then, then what are you supposed to do by yourself? And you go with other people and you don't talk to them. Uh, I don't think I can survive this kind of thing. Okay, so those were the responses that I got. And, uh, and it intrigued me because of, because for me, the moment I came across the concept of a silent retreat, I found it immediately appealing because I thought, oh great, you know, I can stay totally silent and that is how I can get really get in touch with God. And I was, so I was honestly quite surprised to find that there were quite a lot of people around me who found this a strange and alien concept. So I've invited my, my friend, um, Nicholas Light <laughs> to come and have, have a chat with me um, about it today. And Nicholas should be able to give some insights about silent retreat because he has done a 30-day silent retreat before. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's start with why, why make a silent uh, retreat? Yes. So hi, Edith. Uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me here. I started my first silent retreat, um, not in the seminary. It was many years ago when uh, it was uh, this three-day retreat, right, where I was talking about happiness. And, and I remember the first time I went, it was just to curiosity, right? It's a semi-silent. I thought, okay, let's try it out. And I remember the first day, we were all having our talks. And then during the meal, the first meal, we were all meant to eat together, but as your friend mentioned, not talk at all to each other, right? So it, it was awkward, it was weird, but at, but because we couldn't talk to each other, I started to pay more attention to my food, right? And, and slowly, as I was eating my rice and my soup, suddenly it was as if my taste buds suddenly became more uh, sensitive, right? And every grain of rice I, I tasted, it's like, wow, it's, I now can taste the sugar inside or you know, the, every pea grain. And, and I realized silent, the silence of, or rather stopping me from talking to others allowed me to be more sensitive to my surroundings and even my taste, right? And I think that was really what helped me to see that silence retreat is really to help us to be more focused to what's going on inside of us, right? Or within us. And, and so a silent retreat allows us to encounter God also, where we shut away a distraction, right? Which sometimes can impede us from encountering God so that God can really encounter us in that silence. And, and many a times you see Jesus right, going away from the crowds to spend time in the mountains, right, to encounter, to seek, no, uh, to spend time with the Father in prayer. And that's the whole understanding of silent retreats where we give ourselves a time and space to move away from the noise of the world and more importantly, the noise from within, right, so that we can really settle down and encounter God in a deeper way and really taste and see how beautiful and precious He really is in our lives. Yeah. I think based on what you just said, maybe that explains why um, the food that I had during the silent <laughs> retreat, yeah, it tasted especially good. Yeah. Maybe it was good to begin with, but That's yeah, I, re I remember it was extremely tasty. And you, and you spoke about the sort of getting away from noise within, mm. but I think uh, based on my experience in a way, 
it could also be confronting the noise within. That's true. Right? Because yeah. um, I, I think sometimes when, let's say in our, in our daily lives, we sometimes, the, you know, the burdens are too hard to bear mm. and to a lot of us might do other things to distract ourselves mm. from those wounds, especially that we mm. are trying to avoid. So, so it accumulates into yeah. really a lot of uh, a lot of noise within. Mm. So sometimes, maybe the silence could seem scary for for some people because then, with nothing else to distract you, you only have your own thoughts, yeah. and those thoughts could be very scary, and right. you could end up yeah going exploring you know your areas of hurt all over again and 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 all that but having said all that the thing is if you don't if you don't confront them mm. i don't think you will ever come close to addressing them or or resolving them or yeah. you know receiving he- healing in, in some way yeah so that so those are the advantages of mm. going into into silence and i think um maybe something that a lot of people would ask and would want to know is mm. what on earth do you do <laughs> during yeah. a silent retreat yeah. where you don't have any activities, not no social activities, you don't talk with anybody, you're just by yourself. Yeah. It is your own time, right? There's mm. there's nobody there's no schedule, there's no routine, there's nobody bearing down on you saying you're supposed to turn up for something at a certain time. Mm. There might be prayer sessions and, and all that, mm. but yeah, you you just have that free time. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm also curious. What, <laughs> what, how would you sum up? What, what, what did you do during your thirty day silent retreat? So typically, in any silent retreat, it would be advisable to seek a spiritual uh, director or what they call a retreat master, someone who can guide you, right? Someone who can listen to where you are, and maybe give you some prayer exercises or some scripture verses for you to reflect on, and then after which you could share back, you know, what what came up and and all that. And so as you mentioned, it's not. That's scary because even though we are, we're kind of looking inward, what's going on, but we have someone who is trained, a trained professional in spiritual direction who accompanies you, right? And so the, the initial days of the silent retreat is, is, is very light, right? It's not going to go straight into, okay, what's your problems? But it's rather a time and space to just allow you to be yourselves, be comfortable, right? And usually the spiritual director would uh, encourage us to just take a few days first to settle down, right? To feel more comfortable, and especially from the heavy, stressful life, right? To to take some days to settle in. And I remember there was three things this spiritual director told us to start off this retreat. He says, in every good retreat, you need three of these things, right? And so the first is um, prayer, right? So of course, that's where he will provide us with uh, or encourage us to spend some moments during the day to spend time in prayer, right? And he'll give us some exercises for it. Uh, but the other two, right, really surprised me. It says the second thing is sleep. You need to rest well, right? You need to take care of your physical temple before you can really learn to listen to what the Lord is saying. And so I think a good part of a silent retreat is to sleep. And that's okay, right? A lot of people really need that more. And, and that's one area that um, it can help us become more in tune with ourselves. And the last thing he mentioned was also exercise, right? Because exercise is also a healthy way to really get our brain and our heart pumping and, and, and so forth. And I remember him saying that don't just think of silent retreat as you're going to just stay in a church all day right, and just reflect. Because he also encouraged me to go out of the retreat place because especially where I did my 30-day retreat was in Chiang Mai and the Seven Fountains. Um, and there was a waterfall nearby. There was a lake near the university. And these were places that 
he will encourage me to go, to get out of the retreat place and really also encounter God outside. So there are many things actually you could do right in the silent retreat. Uh, but typically, you just set a time to meet the spiritual director once a day. right? And during that 45 minutes, you share with him where you are. Um, and then he might give you some exercises or scripture passage. And then you just spend the rest of the day being free to explore. Where is the Lord prompting you to, to spend this time? Is it in the chapel? Is it outside in the in the surroundings? Uh, and sometimes God could even speak to you, not even just through the scripture passage, but through the food that you eat, right? Or through the nature that you encounter. Right? So there's actually a lot of things that can happen. But it's really about being more present. More present to yourself, more present to the Lord. And that is what silence helps you to become more focused on. And then the, the Lord will truly guide you into a really beautiful adventure. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so there's no... So we're actually free to, to decide on what we want to do and how yes. we want to spend each day. But I but I guess having that kind of daily meetings with the spiritual director, mm. well, as the name implies, that it does set a spiritual direction for us because yes. then you, 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 you don't want to go to the meeting saying like, <laughs> I got nothing to say, right? So it, in a way it does... I mean, for me, I would like, okay, um, I, have a, I have a meeting next on tomorrow or something. Okay, mm. let's, in a way, prepare in, in a way. I mean, based on the, the guidance that the director gave me. Mm. So I sort of prepare for it. So, so that helps to keep me focused in mm. a sense. Yep. Yeah, so so also the SD being there, it help us to stay on track in, mm. in a way. So other things that can be done, yeah, besides uh, walking around in nature and all that, I have gone for two uh, silent retreats. So the first one that I did in in um, Chiang Mai, I remember. I think I spent half the time drawing mm. because art materials were provided, mm. and I quite like to to draw. So it because when I draw, it it empties my mind from everything else. Mm. So I just enjoy the that process. And the second, the more recent silent retreat that I did, I've read a lot. Mm. I don't think I ever read. That many pages of uh, spiritual writing in yes. a in, in a few days before, mm-hmm. it was not it was not easy. But you know when when you're given that space to just read and with no distractions, it is amazing the kind of uh, insights that you know we we can receive yeah. from there. That's right. So having having said all, all this, the space and all that, do you think? Um, and because another interesting question I got was. Hmm, is this something that we can do at home? Mm. <laughs> Just, you know, be quiet because uh, we, we've done our silent retreats overseas, right? So, yeah. can I do it at home? Well, I guess it's not impossible. In fact, yeah, ideally, all of us should create some moments of silence during the day, during the week to spend some time with the Lord, right? Whether it's in the adoration room or, you know, in the comforts of your home, reading the Bible. But there's something different about going for a silent retreat outside, especially some a place away from your home. Because I think it's when you get out of your comfort zone, get out of the familiar, and then you're you're really allowing yourself to enter uh, more deeply into uh, the unfamiliar within you. And I think for me personally, like going out into Thailand or, or just setting aside time with a spiritual director to talk about things that I wouldn't normally be able to talk about to myself, that always gives the added benefit. Someone is there to guide you and you are also given new experiences around you for God to speak through you. So, um, I mean, the, the beauty of Thailand is that you have a waterfall, right? And I remember there was once 
I was just staring into the waterfall with the waters just pouring down and suddenly it struck me that wow I think that represents God's love for me it just keeps pouring down regardless of whether I falter whether I, I disappoint him the water never stops right? and that's the everlasting love of God and that really moved me right of course if you're in Singapore I don't know if you can find any waterfalls but I think these are the the, the blessings that uh, Silent Retreat can offer right? new experiences where God can speak new truths to you and uh, a spiritual director can really walk with you right? and, and maybe just now you said oh, what if I have nothing to say to the spiritual director but that's good because he will then meet you where you are and he could ask you relevant questions that you may not even have thought of asking yourself right? and so that's the gift of a spiritual director where he can help you explore your own spiritual journeys explore your life uh, and really guide you in a very gentle and very encouraging way so that we can really come to know ourselves more and maybe even come to know God more. Yeah, Yeah. so in, in my case, I guess I'm not someone who, who is always that attuned to God's voice in a sense, and it's really through the entire experience of a silent retreat, the combination of nature, of prayer, lack of distractions, reading, or what drawing whatever activity I happen to be doing that I, I feel that I will be able to reach a stage where I can really I can really say that you know I I open my mind to God's message for me sometimes it may not, not be that easy to hear but but for me I think that yeah like like what you said your waterfall experience it mm. it can have a profound impact on me like mm. very like I, I really remember it even after many years yes, right yeah, that's right and that happened in just total silence by your by yourself yeah. so I, I think yeah like you said that's that's really the true beauty of mm. of it of making a silent retreat mm. so having described all, all these what would you say to someone who was like you know, I, I can't even like sit still for a moment. I have to plan my <laughs> yeah. day fully. I'm sure we, we all have friends like mm. that. It's like, I, I need to talk to people. I might literally die if I don't <laughs> get to speak to yeah. anyone for long hours. I, mm. I, I can't stand being alone. You know, I don't think I can ever do a silent retreat. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't advise someone to go straight into a 30 day or <laughs> even an eight day silent retreat, but uh, to just even have a taste of it, a semi-silent perhaps, right? So you could even tell your a spiritual director that say, okay, I'm not so comfortable, but I would like to at least try some form of silent retreat. And so maybe just pockets of time before I get to talk. I think it's to give yourself a chance to test it out and to try out. And, and this definitely the spiritual director would lead, meet you where you are and guide you slowly. Right? And I have many people who after two days, three days, they start to see that, oh, there is some value, right? Whether is it quieting my, my mind, uh, getting some time away from the busyness of life, and when they start to appreciate small pockets of what silence can do for their life, then slowly they, they extend the retreats to five days or eight days even. And I think once you get more used to it, then you can go deeper to the fruits of it. And I think it's, it, don't, don't just brush it aside because you think that, oh, I cannot do it. But it's just like, you know, learning a new form of prayer, right? Initially, let's say praise and worship. Some people may not be uh, so comfortable with that, right? But okay, let's just try it out right? and go for once and twice. And slowly, when you become more comfortable, and then you reap the benefits and the fruits of it, then you want to go for more, right? And I think that's the case for, for me also. That once I got so used to it, that after thirty days, actually, honestly, I would I didn't want to come back home, right? It was just so beautiful that 
because I, sp- I didn't speak so much, God was speaking so much more. And mm. I think that really encouraged me to want to have that time. Right? But of course, I need to go back to realities mm-hmm. also. Right? And, but I think having this time is so precious. And I think everyone should really consider setting aside even just one or two days just to try it out. And maybe you never know how it could really speak to you in a way that you never realize. And then slowly you might want to then go for further more days of silent retreat. Yes, the first uh, silent retreat I went to in uh, in Chiang Mai, I actually went with a friend who is very extroverted. Mm. She really, she, she likes to talk. <laughs> so, but she somehow bravely just, you know, took out my, my suggestion and went with me. And yeah, that was, that was something she, she didn't regret at, at all yeah. and it was a very precious experience mm. for her so it is of course it is entirely possible for even very extroverted people to go but you just like a lot of things in life you just have to prepare yourself and make yourself re- ready for it and just go through the experience so if you feel inspired to make a silent retreat or you want to find out more there are uh, silent retreats being offered in Singapore by the King Smith Centre and uh there's some groups that will that that also organize retreats and in Chiang Mai, mm-hmm. you know, the very famous uh, Seven Fountains Retreat Center. And remember that, you know, in the Gospels, it is explicitly mentioned in many junctures that Jesus went off by himself to pray in silence. So there must be something in in that. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Nick, for chatting with me, and God bless. For more confessions, do check out our website and Facebook page.